Disruptive Technology Investing in 2020 Innovation stocks are volatile because they are hard to price using traditional pricing methodologies. Investing in disruptive innovation, also known as disruptive technology investing, is an inherently risky business. Disruptive innovation investing is risky because these companies are growing quickly but they are also extremely difficult to value. Disruptive innovation necessarily requires a massive amount of reinvestment by the company to fuel high growth. Photo by Priscilla Dupree's on Unsplash. Without massive amounts of reinvestment, larger competitors can either enter the new disruptive innovation niche and outspend the contender or simply buy out the new upstart. With the focus on exponential growth to keep ahead of potential competitors, disruptive innovation companies' obsession with reinvestment of profits back into growing the business is absolutely a must. The flip side of all that reinvestment of profit is, no money for distribution to shareholders, through dividends, and the disruptive innovation company either shows low profitability or even losses, sometimes for years. This makes classic valuation techniques like dividend growth or P, price-slash-earnings, ratios a lot less meaningful than when evaluating more mature, established companies. This lack of solid price discovery techniques and formulas tends to make disruptive innovation stocks very volatile. Disruptive innovation stocks tend to trade on rumor, on sudden announcements in the news, and on a great storyline that takes hold of the public's attention rather than on cold, hard facts. Not unlike the love investors had for the new internet economy story of the late 90s, investors are currently in love with the pandemic growth story. The current story goes, with the world in the middle of a pandemic of unknown length and unknown economic damage, disruptive technology companies allow customers to shop for daily necessities from the comfort and safety of their own homes. Fair point, but as astutely pointed out by Sean Hanagan, a commenter in a previous article, the old refrain that it's different this time is actually true but also temporary as the world works through the COVID crisis. Once life and business go back to a semblance of normal, the outsized impact of quarantine on some company financial performance may well dissipate and disappoint. That's not to say the pandemic won't help disruptive innovation companies cement an even greater competitive advantage over their rivals. As Sean goes on to say, current circumstances appear to be a great opportunity for firms like Amazon to consolidate gains and make their operations stronger, so companies' relative positioning within the market may become more entrenched. However, it's also important to recognize, storylines can turn against a disruptive innovation stock as well. It may seem crazy now, but only a year or two ago, Tesla struggled with an avalanche of negative headlines and a powerful short-seller narrative that for years convinced investors Tesla was in fact a zombie company, heavily in debt and losing money with no hope of ever turning a profit. I think the point here is, although disruptive innovation companies will continue to disrupt and grow exponentially over the long run, stock valuations don't go in one direction forever. Storylines change and disruptive technology names can fall into and out of favor. Unfortunately for disruptive innovation stock investors, at least in the nearer term, disruptive innovation names might be temporarily falling out of favor. The pros and cons of using an asset rebalance strategy. Investing in disruptive innovation at first glance appears to be a risky business, but with a long-term plan, discipline, and strictly followed rules, disruptive technology investments can be tamed to provide superior growth, providing long-term protection from inflation. What goes up? must eventually come down, image by stock snap from Pixabay. Personally, I like to start with equal weighting for all the risky assets I want to manage, 
regardless of their individual standard deviation. However, you may want to adjust the weighting of each asset depending on risk. For example, you may decide to allocate a smaller amount of money to an extremely risky disruptive technology investment and more money to a more dependable investment. Next, you should choose a rebalancing strategy that you can reliably follow. Some people may prefer to rebalance semi-annually or annually because monitoring your rebalancing is as simple as putting a reminder in your calendar. However, I like to rebalance based on deviation from the original asset allocation. This is a more efficient way to catch big swings in stock prices because it triggers a rebalance when there is an unusual price movement in one or more of your disruptive innovation stocks. I'll explain this in more detail later in this article. Advantages of using rules-based rebalancing. Capture gains, the biggest disadvantage of using a buy-and-hold strategy with particularly risky disruptive innovation stocks is that although these volatile investments tend to trend higher over time, they also tend to give up short and even medium-term gains just as quickly as they've made them. Using a rebalancing strategy is one of the best ways to ensure you capture at least some of these gains and take advantage of some of the opportunities to buy stocks at a lower price when there are unusual losses. Contrarian, regular rebalancing will reduce risk slightly in a bull market but it's worth remembering it will slightly increase portfolio risk in a bear market. I consider this an advantage for investors because the strategy is slightly contrarian, selling high and buying low. Backtesting, you can test your rebalancing strategy on historical data and compare it to a buy and hold strategy to see how much value rules-based rebalancing can add to your disruptive technology portfolio. More details below. Disadvantages of using rules-based rebalancing. Trading fees, there's no way around it. Regular rebalancing will cost you trading fees unless you're using a low-cost or free trading site like Robinhood or Webull. Taxes, regular rebalancing will also trigger capital gains and capital loss events. This means you'll be required to keep track of your transactions, calculate your capital gains, and offset against capital losses each year when you file your taxes unless you're trading in some sort of tax-free savings account, like the Canadian TFSA. Calculating and paying taxes takes time and of course, forces you to spend some of your hard-earned gains from your portfolio to pay those taxes. Effort, if you want to set up rules-based rebalancing right, you need to take the time and effort to calculate rebalance tolerances and you will need to periodically recheck those tolerances to determine if a rebalance is required or not. This takes a considerable amount of effort you may not want to invest. Time, it's worth noting. Rules-based rebalancing will lower overall returns in a bull market and magnify losses in a bear market. However, rules-based rebalancing tends to outperform over a market cycle. In order to achieve maximum returns, an investor must be prepared to stick to the strategy for 3-5 to five years. If you don't have that kind of investing time horizon, this strategy is probably not for you. How to capture extraordinary gains and capitalize on unusual underperformance. Disclosure, please seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. In the early 2000s, my brother and I started working on a cloud-based software platform designed for financial professionals. A key aspect of that software platform was the Portfolio Monitoring and Rebalancing Module. To help financial advisors set up rules-based rebalancing for their customers, we did a lot of database research to see what worked and what didn't. We learned a lot of interesting things working on massive sets of data, but for the purposes of this article, we found two key findings. 
the less correlation individual securities had to one another, the better. The best rebalancing strategy requires that rebalance tolerances should be set according to the historical standard deviation of each individual security. However, rebalancing a portfolio regularly once or twice a year was also surprisingly effective over long periods of time. Choosing low correlation securities. Out of the two findings, the most important variable to consider when building a disruptive innovation portfolio is to find securities with low correlation to each other. Simply speaking, you want one stock to go up and another stock to go down at the same time. If you can build a portfolio of volatile disruptive innovation stocks with very low correlation to each other, it will increase the opportunities for you to dollar cost average into unusual weakness and capture extraordinary gain in each individual stock. In the following example, I backtested a disruptive innovation portfolio with only four ticker symbols. In general, stocks from the same sector will tend to have a fairly high correlation to each other, not so good for diversification purposes. This means investors should take their time to not only research great companies with great future potential, but investors should also look for dissimilar stock market movement.